want to talk to you this morning about the open door. How many of you know over us in this season, there's an open door? No, there really is. There really is. I, um, I went to the doctor for a checkup kind of thing, and the nurse took me back to the, the room, you know, and um, the exam room, and she's just standing there for a second. She's staring at me. And I'm looking at her, and she's looking at me. And all of a sudden, she starts prophesying to me. And she said, there's an open heaven above you and above your church. And she went on talking about all that God was about to do for us and in our midst. I mean, I was, I'm like, all right, girl, go on, you know, because I, mean, I knew she was a believer, but um, I mean, that took some boldness to, she just, but we're, we're living in front of an open door. God's got an open door for us. And you know what? Some of the greatest miracles of Pastor Mark's in my life and ministry have happened off of the slightest unction to do something. Wasn't even something big and dramatic. Oftentimes it was really just kind of subtle. And it would have been relatively easy to miss had we not been paying attention. Sometimes God instructs us to do things and he doesn't always tell us why. Am I the only one who likes to know the why? Lord asked me to do something. I'm like, why? Why would I need to do that? Yeah. Like my little pea brain could keep up with God, right? But we have to be careful that we don't treat those unctions of God as suggestions or just good ideas. Do you understand? Like uh, tips from a self-help guru. You know what I'm saying? I think your life would be a little better if you could, you know, incorporate this somewhere. No, no. When God speaks, we ought to obey. Whether we understand everything or whether we don't understand everything. Even if you don't see the worth or value in what he's asked you to do, let me tell you from experience, one act of obedience can open whole new doors to whole new realms for you. Hmm. No, I'm telling you the truth. What he's asked you to do may seem insignificant and unimportant, and you may not see any worth or value to you in following, but one act of obedience can open doors to whole new realms in your life. Years ago, I was a struggling missionary. I was single I hadn't uh, met Pastor Mark yet, and um, the Lord had asked me to go to the mission field, and so I went and was obeying to the best of my ability. And but I was young, I was green, I was inexperienced. I, you know, nobody knew who I was, and I'm just going to be honest, nobody cared. And so I was trying to raise support to go live on the mission field and be a full time missionary, I, my intention was, that's what I thought the Lord wanted me to do, was give my life on the mission field, you know, uh, just, and so I was traveling, raising support, uh, allegedly traveling. But how many of you know, a lot of pastors don't want to have in a no name, nobody, missionary wannabe. You understand what I'm saying? And so meetings were very difficult for me to come by. Well, I had a friend who said, you know, a, a guy I knew from Ramah, he started pastoring after Ramah, and he's like, 
you know, uh, I'll give you a meeting. Come on over um, to to uh, where I'm ministering. And and so I said, or, and I said, okay, it's great. You know, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me in. Because uh, you know, I'm green as the grass, and nobody knows me, and nobody cares. So um, I I had this meeting scheduled, and and one time in a time of prayer that summer, just uh, the Lord said to me, I want you to come away for a few weeks. There's something I want to talk to you about. Well, how many of you know the the weeks he seemed to want in my heart was the week I had that meeting. That it was all, and I'm thinking I need that meeting because I'm trying to obey God. I believe I'm supposed to be back by the fall, and, and you know I don't have a lot of support, and I don't have all the support I need, and this meeting's important. And yet I, I kept feeling that tug. I need you to come away and pray. So now I have a choice to make. Do I obey right when it seemed like He wanted me to, or can I just put it off for a little better time? Push it back a week or, do you understand? Am I the only one who thinks that way? <laughs> Lord, this is a little inconvenient. Amen. Merciful God, I decided to obey. So I, now I'm trying to figure out logistically because basically I'm homeless. I had given up my apartment to go to the mission field. I sold my car to go to the mission field. I've maxed out my credit cards living off the mission field in an attempt to get back. I don't have enough money to, you know, pay attention, really. I'm living on the couch of friends. I was in Oklahoma. And the only place I knew I could go for weeks and hang out that long was my mom's house in Florida, but I'm in Oklahoma. And I'm thinking, how in the world am I going to get there? I don't, I can't, I sold my car. I, you know, I don't have money for an airfare. Lord, I don't know what to do. And so I was talking to a friend of mine about it. And I was like, somebody I ministered with overseas. And um, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I need to go away and pray. I could go to my mom's house, but I don't know how I'm going to get there from here. And she's like, well, she said, if you can meet us uh, we are going to go to Florida, which is where my mother was, and uh, we'll take you to your mom's house if you don't mind us stopping in Alabama first. She said, we have a week-long meeting scheduled with a pastor friend of mine that I grew up with. And she said, if you don't mind stopping through Alabama, we'll take you on to your mom's house to pray. Well, I came through. <laughs> met Pastor Mark, who was pastoring single. And you know what? We appreciated each other. They had me preach one night, and they said he was on the edge of his chair, but I certainly didn't look at him. Because <laughs> he's a pastor, and I'm a missionary. Do you understand? I don't have time for no distraction in the form of a man. You understand? <laughs> so uh, we did our week here, and, you know, I, we appreciate it. And, you know, God's got such a sense of humor. Uh, my friend, you know, her name is Judy Jo, and she talked to, to Pastor Mark, who was, he was trying to write the vision statement for this church. 
He had just started this church, and he was trying to write the vision statement for it. And she said, you know, why don't you sit down with Rhonda? She's really good with words. And he said, she, you know, maybe she can help you put together, uh, you put your thoughts down, on, you know, in, in a good vision statement. So he and I went over to Taco Bell, which is right next door to where the church started. And for hours, he told me the vision of the church and all that was on his heart. And I helped him put it into words and write the vision statement for this church, never thinking I would have anything to do with it ever again. God had to be sitting up in heaven grinning from ear to ear watching the two of us at Taco Bell, right? So I went away, and I wasn't going to get married. I wasn't going to have a family. I was going to give my life on the mission field and win a certain nation that shall remain nameless to Jesus. That was my goal. That was my plan. I wasn't going to get married. Um, I'm just going to go, you know, spend my life in his service. Um, and so, but that first week of prayer, they took me to my mom's house after the meeting here. And that first week of prayer, God began to talk to me about a husband coming. Totally flipped me out because I wasn't going to get married. I thought I had it all. I thought I knew. How many of you ever think you know? The second week, I got three prophecies from three totally unrelated people in two states that my husband was on the way. Freak me out. The end of that second week of prayer, Mark called me for the first time. I didn't even make sense on the phone. I am, I am so befuzzled over what the Lord is doing because I think I'm going to the mission field to spend my life. And that's our plan, isn't it? Your plan? I thought it was your plan. And now this pastor's calling me. And Alabama, nothing personal, but <laughs> I mean, you know, that didn't necessarily look like increase to me. But God began to reaffirm to me over and over and over again that this was the will of God. And I'll tell you, that one decision. one decision took me from being a homeless, penniless, nobody missionary to everything that you see before you today. I've ministered in 50-some nations. Well, I've been in 50-some nations, ministered in 30-some nations. Because of that open door because of that just slight unction. It wasn't even a huge unction. How many of you know there are times God speaks loudly to get our attention? I have had God speak loudly to me. One time in overseas, let's just say overseas, I was really sick from, you don't even want to know what I ate, just don't even ask. I was really sick. And I, I had been drinking water, um, you know, to, uh, water to rehydrate myself because I needed rehydration, let's just say it that way. Um, and so, but I wasn't really paying that much attention to how much water I was drinking. So, um, I, so uh, you know, I was, I was praying because I really was not well. And the Holy Spirit said, I had set the bottle down. I had just had a drink, and I sat down. The Holy Spirit said, drink. 
So I picked up the bottle and I drank a little more. He said, drink, spoke louder to me. And I'm like, okay. So I finished off that bottle. He said, drink. How, how many of you know the Lord can speak in such a way that he can get your attention? So I drank another whole bottle. So I just downed almost two bottles of water in five minutes or less. And when I got up to go to the restroom, I almost passed out. And he told me, if you had not drank that water, you would be unconscious on the floor right now. How many of you know God can speak loudly? But that unction to come through here wasn't that loud. It was just, I knew it was there and it was, you know, I mean, but God wasn't saying, hey, this is your destiny. This is, this is going to change your life. No, just had the unction. And the unction to go pray. I didn't know that it was going to open up everything that it opened up. But, I mean, it's been like a dadgum clown car. Do you know, you know, you ever seen those little tiny cars that come in at the circus? And then all of a sudden, you know, one clown gets out and you think, man, how was he jammed in there? And then another clown gets out. And then another clown gets out and another clown gets out. And, another, and you're thinking, there is no way all those people were jammed in that little clown car. Well, I'll tell you, uh, you know, that little decision didn't seem like much, but it has blossomed and unfolded and keeps unfolding into this thing that God had for me. But I couldn't see it. I didn't know it. And the unction didn't seem all that important. It would have been so easy to not obey that unction because it didn't come at a convenient time in my brain because it wasn't easy for me to figure out how to do it in my brain. But it was an open door. God had opened a door. And he said, go this way. Go this way. So many times we miss those little unctions of God. We miss those open doors because God's not standing there yelling at us. Let's say you get an unction to start having devotionals with your kids before they leave for school in the morning. Well, how many of you know that's a great idea? But the kids are tired in the mornings. It's not easy. Nobody may want to do it. And, you know, God's not yelling at you to do it. So you just think, you know, that's a great idea, Lord, and I will eventually do that. Then six months or a year later, your kids get drawn off into something. And then you go to God and you're like, God, what happened? You know, they're my kids. How did they get involved in this? Listen, he told you what to do. Something in those devotionals could have headed off what the enemy was doing. God doesn't always tell us why he wants us to do things. He doesn't often tell us the future. And the unction may not be that strong. Two thousand six, God began to say to me, "I want more of your time. I want you to come away and spend more time with me." Well, we're busy. We're busy. We're busy. And I was busy about the work of the Lord. I wasn't sitting home with my feet up watching soap operas and eating bonbons. You understand what I'm saying? 
I was busy doing the work of the Lord. What he asked me to do. When I married my husband, the Lord said, help the man. And that's what I've done for all these years that we've been married, all these years we've been together, is do my very best to help him. And I couldn't figure out how I could take time away from what I needed to do to help him to do what the Lord said, at least not that the extended amounts of time I felt like he really wanted from me. Do you understand? So because I couldn't figure it out, I just kept thinking, you know, Lord, I will do that. I just don't know how. I, I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know, you know, how to do that without hurting something else. Finally, you know, he, he's dealing with me. And he keeps dealing with me. For a whole year, he dealt with me. And then he started getting a little louder. And I knew I'd annoyed him. You ever, know, you ever annoyed the Lord? Am I the only one who's ever annoyed the Lord? <clears throat> he's like, are you going to obey me or aren't you? I thought, you know, Lord, I, I said, the only thing I know to do is turn praise. I was leading worship then. I was on charge of the praise and worship team, and I was leading. And I said, well, I can turn the worship team over to Ted for a few months. <laughs> so in the fall of 2007, I turned the worship team over to Ted for 90 days. <laughs> Never have taken it back. He's doing a fabulous job. But I did spend a little extra time with the Lord, but not the time that I knew he wanted. Well, I didn't know that in 2008, my mother was going to fall ill. She was here with us, and I was the, I'm the only family here. And to make a long story short, I was going to say to make a long story even longer, um, over the course of that next year, she ended up passing away. Uh, but I, I was able to walk her every step of the way home. God would give me stuff to minister to her. You know, God would say, you know, she's got to get this fixed before she goes home or she's got to do this or she's got to do that. And I was able to be at the hospital with her and take care of her. And, uh, but you know what? I absolutely exhausted myself walking her home. Because I was still trying to pastor and still trying to help my husband and still trying to be a mother and, and, and do all the stuff that I knew I needed to do in addition to walking her home. And I was the only family here. Uh, and so I would spend, you know, the nights at the hospital, as many nights with her as I could. And some of you were so gracious to help during that time. And I'm still so very grateful all these years later. You just never know how grateful I am. But my point is, I exhausted myself taking care of her. And when I say I exhausted myself, I exhausted myself. She passed away. I'm the executor of her estate. So I planned the funeral, got the funeral done. And I was so beyond exhausted. And hell said, now, everything that ever hurt or moved me in my entire life, and I'm not exaggerating, was thrown at me at once in that moment when I was weak and exhausted. Do you understand what I'm saying? Such hatred was poured on me as only Satan himself could hate me. Such, anyway... I did not know if I was going to survive that time with my life. I didn't know if I was going to survive that time with my mind intact. 
I barely made it through. I usually say, I made it through with my mind intact, mostly. <laughs> no, it's just funny. I was trying to be funny. The Lord saw me through. But how many of you know it didn't have to be that hard? If I had taken that time away, I would have been more built up. I would have been more ready for what was coming that I didn't see coming, that he only saw coming. Do you see what I'm saying? Maybe he could have told me things to do with family and other people that would have headed off some of what I had to endure. But because I didn't do that, it was a terrible, terrible time. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now I told you one time where I hit it and one time where I missed it, total fail. But my point is, how many things does he talk to us about all the time? Don't seem all that important. But we don't know how one thing leads to another, which leads to another, which, how many of you know he's smarter than we are? He knows your future better than you know your past. He sees from his place in a timeless place. He can see the end result of every decision you could make And what would happen if you went this way, not just now, not just next month, not just six months from now, but six years from now and 60 years from now, if you make this decision, it's going to be the end result. If you make this decision, he sees what's going to happen, not just now, but in the future, all the way down through the end of that path. If you go this way, he knows what's ahead on that path all the way down. And from his position in a timeless place, he said, Mm, this is the best way. Go this way. Now, how many of you know to us that might not look like the best way? No, I was having miracles in India. I was getting whole villages born again. And God said, lay it down. Go to Alabama and help the man. Lay down your ministry. For the first 10 years of this church, I wasn't Pastor Rhonda. It was Pastor Mark and Miss Rhonda. All I did was help the man. And in the process, I, you know, pushed him forward because my personality is bigger. You know, you haven't figured that out yet? <laughs> Do you know how easy it would have been for me to overshadow him? Just personality-wise. But I was like, uh-uh, push him up. I'm just Miss Rhonda. He's the pastor. Do you understand? About 10 or 12 years in, the Lord talked to him and said, have the people start calling her Pastor Rhonda now. How many of you know there's no doubt in anybody's mind who the pastor of this church is? Is there? I guarantee you there's not. But do you see how smart he is? You can trust him. If he says, go this way, if he opens a door before you, go through the door. There's something he's trying to get to you. There are several places in the scripture where God mentions doors. 
These are just a few. I, I just picked out a few. Colossians 4.3 out of the King James. This is what they ask that people pray. This is uh, Paul. He said, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Verse 4, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. How many of you know that's a good thing to pray for your pastor, that they have doors of utterance, effective utterance. But I also want to look at that out of the NLT. It's the New Living. It says, pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about this mysterious plan concerning Christ. That's why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message clearly as I should. He talks about it being doors of opportunity. How many of you know the Lord opens doors of opportunity before each and every one of us? Second Corinthians 2.32, it says, Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, a door was opened unto me of the Lord. God can open doors before you. Before you individually and before us as a church body. 2.12, guys. Second Corinthians 2.12. It says, furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, a door was opened unto me and the Lord, uh, of the Lord. How many of you know the Lord opens doors before you? And again, it, the, the unction to go through that door may be subtle. God may not be yelling, this is going to change your life. But how many of you know God doesn't do things for no purpose? If he's dealing with you to do something, there's divine purpose in it. And whether you can see the purpose in it or not, it's really not all that relevant. Do you trust him? Do you trust that he's smarter than you are? If you really do, then when your will crosses his will, You'll yield. Father, I don't know why, but okay, here we go. If you don't think he, you're, he's smarter than you, you won't yield. Hmm. 1 Corinthians 16, 9. For a great door and effectual is opened unto me. And there are many adversaries. How many of you know sometimes God opens doors, but there's adversaries at the door? Come in front, guys. Where's my adversaries? Come on, you can stand right here in front of the door. Come around. Sometimes it's not easy to get through the door because the devil will oppose you. You don't want to do that. You don't have time for that. You don't have the money for that. This is not a good season. It's not going to work out. What's going to happen if you obey God? Really, seriously. You don't even understand why. What's the devil doing? He's trying to keep you out of those doors.
Here Paul is saying there's a great and effectual door opened unto him by God. That word effectual means effective, fruitful, potent, and productive. How many of you know even in your life God is opening up to you doors that will make you even more effective, fruitful, potent, and productive? He's got doors that will bless your socks off if you'll go through them. A lady was sitting in church. And, and the Holy Ghost unctioned her. See that lady over there across the church? I want you to pay her mortgage this month. And she's like, say what? She said, Lord, I'm having trouble making my own mortgage. You want me to pay her mortgage payment? How many know the temptation would have been to get thee behind me, Satan? <laughs> She knew it was God. Now she's got a choice. So she went up to the lady after church. She said, you're going to think I'm crazy. She said, I was sitting in church, and the Lord told me to make your mortgage payment this month. Well, the lady rejoiced. She was so happy. So she said, how much is it? She told her. She said, give me, you know, till like Wednesday or next week, and I'll bring you the money. And she did. She paid uh, that lady's mortgage. A few weeks later, uh, her parents came to their house, and uh, her dad was talking to her about, they were just visiting, talking about stuff, and as they were getting ready to leave, he said, when it comes time for you to pay your mortgage payment again, he said, you can use that money for whatever it is else that you need in your life, because mom and I went by the bank and paid off your mortgage. you know God wasn't trying to get something from her he was trying to get something to her and he opened a door and said can you walk through the door and she's like I don't know there's adversaries I don't have all the money I need I don't know if this is a great time Lord uh, you know maybe in a few months when things are going better maybe when I get this bill paid off or that bill paid off I can be more generous father but how many of you know there was a door right then a door right then and as she walked through that door, it resulted in great, effective, marvelous blessing. The devil will make it just as hard as he can for you to get through that door. But you just got to make up your mind. God is smarter than me. There's purpose in this. And I'm going through. Do you understand? This week, pastor was praying, and he prayed out this. We're set, us, the church body, to break through. In 2022, I told you what to do, and what did you do with that? For 2023, did you do what I told you to do in 22? And if not, why would I tell you more? It's your choice. This is what he's praying out by the Spirit of God. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Decide. Walk with me. Walk with me. How can two walk together unless they agree? Thinking too much. Thinking too much. In 2023, the war is over the mind of the people. 
the games the enemy plays to get control of their mind. He said, what you do in 2022 makes a way for you, you'll see. It's like going over the Jordan. Some will not be able to go because of what they did in 2022. Yes, they're born again, but the fullness of what I had for them. You got to go through the door. You can camp with the enemy if you want, but we got to go through the door. We rejoice going through the door to the other side where we will abide. Rejoicing is necessary to get through this door. He gave us an assignment for this year. I won't ask how many of you did it or how many of you are still doing it. Our assignment for this year was to rejoice. To rejoice in his presence. To remind ourselves of all that he's done and to be happy about it and to thank him and rejoice before him for all that he's done for us. Rejoicing is necessary to get us through the door into what he has for us in 2023. And the good part is he sent me here on the 4th. You got 27 more days. I don't know whether you did it or whether you didn't, but you got 27 more days to get on board. I tell you what, we need to be rejoicing. We need. Why, Pastor Rhonda? Why? Who cares why? He said. He said. He said. That's enough. He said that's enough. Sometimes we think if it's really important, God's going to do something really dramatic. Well, sometimes he doesn't. Do you remember when Naaman the leper went before Elisha, the prophet? He had leprosy. And Elisha said, send him to me and God will heal him. So he came, and when he, Naaman, he was a great military leader. And he stood outside the gate and he called for Elisha. But Elisha didn't even go out to him. Elisha sent a messenger saying, go and dip in the Jordan River seven times and you'll come up clean. Well, Naaman was mad. He was like, that it did not go how I thought that was going to go. I thought he was going to come out here. This is what he said. Behold, I thought surely he will come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place. And I would be recovered. He said, aren't there better rivers in Damascus? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near, 2 Kings 5 I'm reading, uh, 13. And his servants came near and spake unto him saying, my father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? How much rather when he saith to thee, wash and be clean. 
Then went he down, verse 14, and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. He was healed. He was made whole. Because he followed that simple instruction that didn't look anything like he thought it was going to look. The message said, if he had asked you to do something hard and heroic, wouldn't you have done it? The NLT says, if he had given you something very difficult to do, you would have done it. Don't let this rejoicing thing be too simple for you and cause you to miss your miracle, cause you to miss going through the door that God has opened up before us in 2023. He's got blessing for you on the other side of the door. He's got healing for you on the other side of the door. He's got financial provision for you on the other side of the door. He's got breakthrough in your family on the other side of the door. Oh, and all he's asking is go through it rejoicing. Go through it rejoicing. Sometimes because we think it's not this big major deal. Okay, you got to give away everything you own. You got to fast and pray for 30 days straight. Then you might have a breakthrough. Then we would have felt, okay, that's I have to pay for it. You don't have to pay. He already did. You don't have to pay for it by doing something big and dramatic and then self-sacrificial. No, he told you how to get through. He told you how to get through. Don't let it be so simple. Don't let it be too simple. Rejoice. 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 Rejoicing's going to get you through the door. 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 Oh! Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. He didn't ask you some big dramatic thing. He asked you to rejoice. Oh, and he said rejoicing is going to get you through the door. Why rejoicing? Who cares? Maybe it'll get your mind on him instead of on everything going on around. Maybe it's just that act of faith he needed to put you over the top. Who cares why he said do it? Just do it. Just do it. Can't see the clock. 22, got eight minutes. <clears throat> Come on. Maybe it's just the simple act of obedience when we don't understand. I don't know. This I know. He's smarter than I am. And if he says rejoicing is going to get me through that door and on to the greater of God for me in 2023, then I'm telling you, guess what I'm going to do?
So, don't let this be too simple. Don't be thrown off by the simplicity of the instruction that you don't obey. Don't be so thrown off by the fact that he didn't appear to you in a bolt of lightning and a clap of thunder and say, this big dramatic thing is what you must do. No, he said rejoice. He just said rejoice. So what are we going to do? I tell you, we got five minutes-ish. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, we choose. We choose. We choose to obey you. We choose to obey you. We choose to rejoice. We, oh, we rejoice in you, our God. <laughs> oh, we rejoice. We rejoice in you, our God. We rejoice in you, our God. We rejoice in you, our God. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Ha, 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 ha. We're going through the door. We're going through the door. We're going through the door, rejoicing all the way. We're going through the door. We're going through the door. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, rejoicing. 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 Rejoicing through the door. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, we're rejoicing. We're rejoicing. We're rejoicing. Doesn't matter what the enemy says. Doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do. We choose. We choose. We choose to rejoice in our God. We choose to rejoice in our God. We choose to rejoice. We choose to rejoice. Oh, to rejoice is a choice. Ha, 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 ha. To rejoice is a choice. To rejoice is a choice. Well, I don't feel like rejoicing. Well, who in the world asks you what you feel like? Who in the world asks you? I'll tell you, it doesn't matter. We rejoice. Because we choose. Because we choose to. Because we choose to. Because we choose to. We choose to. To rejoice is a choice. Ha, 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 ha. And we choose to rejoice. Glory to God. We choose to rejoice. We choose to rejoice. We choose to rejoice. Right in the busyness of the season, we choose to rejoice. Right in this time, Lord, we choose. We choose to rejoice. We choose to rejoice. We choose to rejoice. Ah, glory to God. Yes, something. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Both of you, come stand like and block the door. Both of you stand and block the door. Hallelujah. Well, the Bible said, we prayed this out a, long, a while back, and it says uh, there's an effectual door, but there are many adversaries. 
So obviously they, they, these are good quality spirit-filled guys in there, but they're demons. And so listen, real quick. What most of you have felt this year is something trying to keep you from going through the door. But they're just demons. They're just demons. Last time I looked, Ephesians 2, 6 said you were seated far above them. But this door, in order to get through, you have to submit. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself, therefore unto God. Resist the devil, and they will do what? So this particular door, moving from season to season, from door to door, you've got to do just, yes, the general word of God, but you've got to do the specific word of God. We as a church body were given a specific word, but you can do this. I have chosen to rejoice. I rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'm just going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice. And when you do, these two things just get out of your way. And you can go all the way through. 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 Way through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Amen. They can't stop you. Only you can stop you by not doing what the Lord said. But if you choose to do what the Lord said for the last 27 days of this year, I tell you, we're going to bust right into 2023. We're going to bust it right open. We're going to bust it wide open. Glory to God. Glory to God. They can't keep you out. Don't you keep yourself out. You may have to push into rejoicing even when you don't feel like it. When your body doesn't feel like it. When your emotions don't feel like it. When your mind doesn't feel like it. You may just have to shock yourself and jump up off your couch and have a Holy Ghost fit for no good reason other than the Spirit of God told you to. We got 27 days to rejoice our way through the door.